0: Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump. Busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain, problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child. And if you had told me back then that I would be speaking about this stuff out loud... I would have told you to give your head a wobble. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to series three, episode five. And thanks to those of you who got in touch about last week's episode, I was really glad that I wasn't the only one who did not know that in the UK, you don't call surgeons doctor. Um, what else? I I am well. I've had an offer of a private pest refitting, which I'm going to go for because I've been trying to sort it through the NHS for a year now and obviously it hasn't happened. So I'll let you know how that pans out. Um, There are some other exciting things going on behind the scenes here too. So I'll hopefully be able to share all of that soon. So watch this space. Today then, I've talked a bit before about how My pelvic floor problems made me scared of exercise, scared of movement, scared of running, jumping, lifting for so long. I'd be watching other women out for a run or getting their zumba on and I was very jealous. It made me sad. And then I gradually realised that I could get back to being this active person that I was and it's made a massive difference. And I'm still running in the park a couple of times a week, but I'm not running in the way that today's um, guest yes, runs. Seven, Sophie Power is a mum of three um, and she's an, an ultra, ultra runner, runner.
1: So I like running the um, longest and hardest races that I can possibly find normally over 100 miles. Yep,
0: um, serious running. And Sophie has pelvic floor problems and there's a film about her return to running after baby number three, which you should watch if you haven't already. And when she's not running or mumming or working... Uh, she campaigns for the charity Women in Sport. Um, and also, you might have come across Sophie because a picture of her breastfeeding during a race went viral a couple of years ago. Because you were photographed in the middle of this, like, 100-mile race, not only breastfeeding your baby at the time, but also pumping at the same time as well. And that just that just went viral, didn't it?
1: <laughs> it was crazy. So the race was called the um, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc, and it's a 106-mile Um, mountain race um, around uh, Mont Blanc with about 11,000 meters of climbing. And um, yeah, I completed it when my second son was three months old. Um, And Alexis Berg um, is an incredible trail photographer, happened to be at the aid station where I I met Cormac about the halfway mark and and photographed me pumping, feeding, kind of in my kit, tired. I'd run through the night. Um, I hadn't slept And that photo, I think that photo, it means so much to so many different people. Yes, there's the breastfeeding and the need to support mums to make their own choices uh, when it comes to feeding their baby. But also, I think that we can have active pregnancies and it's important to to give mums the support to get back to what they want to get back to as soon as possible after. Um, And that mums should still have our goals. Um, when we've had our babies you know our goals still matter we still matter um separate to to our children we don't just become mothers so the picture meant so much to so many people and I guess it's given me this platform to to help other mums follow their goals and and stay healthy and kind of advocate for themselves when it comes to after birth and I guess we'll talk about kind of what can happen after birth yeah um but making sure we get the right support to to get us where we want to be, not just able to walk down down the road leak-free, pain-free. Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes it's the, that saying, isn't it? A picture says a thousand words and and it really does. So talk to me a bit about your pelvic floor, right? <laughs> when like I know, I know, I mean, this is why we're talking because you have had issues and you're still running. Take me back to the first point at which you knew that something wasn't quite right.
1: So I discovered what a pelvic floor was about three hours after I had my first son and basically just peed myself everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling the the midwife and saying, I think there's some more like an amniotic fluid inside me. I genuinely actually said that to her. And she's like, no, it's, it's, it's what happens after having children. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, pelvic floor. Um. Yeah. And then the next day, a physio came to see me and said, you may never run again. I said, what? Um, so the worst possible thing to say to someone who's a new mum for the first time, incredibly vulnerable. Um, and it was just, you might never run again. Um, running being such that's a, big...
0: a That's a bomb drop, isn't it, right there for Probably you?
1: My husband kicked her out, basically. Um, he, he, when I couldn't advocate for myself, he advocated for me and, and I, um, I'm very grateful he did because I was already in this shock. So my pelvic floor was really weak. I'd had, um, an episiotomy and a two delivery and that probably played its part and quite a long labor. And I didn't know what it was. And I, I can't believe I got through my entire pregnancy without someone telling me that this could happen. Um, And I know they could have talked about in the pregnancy yoga, the kind of the squeeze and things, but no one explained that you could end up leaking. Um, So I went three months without taking a running step, which was incredibly difficult. And I am fairly sure if I'd have seen someone, I'd been diagnosed with postnatal depression. um, And it was only when I saw this advert for these shorts, these EVB shorts that really support the core, that I got a pair and I could start running again and I, I got my fitness back and I, I did my first kind of fifty miler before he was six months. But those three months were very, very difficult and it was winter and I can of vow from there I I need to be on top of this, I need to know what's happening, I need to take control of my body, I need to research everything. And all my friends who are gonna have babies, I need to tell them what it's gonna ha- what could happen. <laughs> So they don't have to go through what I did. Mm-hmm.
0: And did you have professional support to get back to running or were you doing it on your own?
1: did it all on my own. I, I didn't know anything was out there. This is twenty, kind of 14, 15. So I was doing it on my own. Everything seemed to say don't do anything. Um, and I was just listening to my body really carefully and taking step by step to go, OK, I feel like I can do this. I feel like I can do that. Um, I was doing a lot of strength training with a trainer. Through my pregnancy and afterwards, and I think that really helped. But I was making it up as I went along, which shouldn't have been the case. I didn't have any referral to pelvic health physio, and it's it, it's shocking that it took that and kind of me to having to be really focused to to, to get myself fit again.
0: And what you said there resonates with me a little bit because when I first found out I had a prolapse, there was a time when I I never thought I would run again, I would never jump, I would never lift my kids because that was all the advice that was out there. And obviously, like, I do not run like you run I run around the park a couple of times a week but I love it and having that back in my life has made so much difference to me but it just seemed to be at the time that the medical advice was just stop mm-hmm. and that made me so fearful of movement so I I also didn't do anything but that but I but I didn't do anything for years because I was just terrified which is crazy. So it was
1: quite brave of you really to get back into it I think because I wasn't on social media at all and I wasn't seeing that I mean that's probably why I ran UTMB I didn't think that was abnormal in any way kind of I had this place in a race that I'd fought for for kind of four five years I'd lost my place when pregnant my first son it'd take me this one to get another one so I just well I just went and started it um so not being on social media probably helped but now the the lack of the information around even pregnancy so you saw the the information prolapse is do nothing don't lift anything it's been the same in pregnancy and we now know that you have an active pregnancy, the mum's healthier, the, the, the baby's healthier. But I was told at 20 weeks I had a tweak in my pelvis and, and I happened to be seeing the midwife and she's like, oh, yeah, you can't lift anything or stand on your feet for too long from now on. I'm 20 weeks pregnant. And luckily I saw um, Emma Brockwell, my, my physio, and she's like, oh, this week is one for relaxing and, and that's just your pelvis, it'll move a bit, you'll be fine next week. And I went back running the next week and I was absolutely fine. I could have missed like 20 weeks of being active and mentally healthy as well as physically healthy. So I think so much is missed on that as long as you can function and you're not in pain, people think that's okay and and that's not.
0: Yeah, it's just like we don't know enough about this whole group of women so we'll just tell them all just to stop because we think that's safer. And then, you know, if they get back (laughs) to it, they do. And if they don't, well, it doesn't really matter because they've done their job. (laughs) sadly that that actually kind of feels like the case <laughs> um so you managed to get yourself back into it by just listening to your body and, and you carried on with the running and then you had obviously your second pregnancy and the pelvic floor
1: stood up any better or got worse or So second pregnancy so I I knew I had this UTMB place before I even got pregnant with my second son so I did all my pelvic floor exercises during pregnancy. Um, I did my strength training. I stopped running at five months pregnant, mm-hmm. thinking maybe. And there's no research on this, but I was thinking maybe because I'd run later in my first pregnancy, the impact caused some issues. And it's a mountain base, so I need to hike on an incline on a treadmill. I need to use a stairmaster and do loads of weights and and some some cycling and that will get me fit. So I stopped really early. Um, I had a much more straightforward delivery, load of stitches, um, much more straightforward. And I found myself able to start back running uphill, soft ground, around six weeks. Wow. So much better. I really I was back in the gym at ten days on the stairmaster, really listening to my body. And I maintained that fitness so I could get back and I didn't have the issues. I had some pelvic pain and some instability. So I couldn't run downhill um, and I really listened to to my pelvic floor and gave it days off just like any other muscle I mean I, I always treat it as like you wouldn't do legs day in the gym like two days in a row so you wouldn't do too hard workouts that will tie your pelvic floor mm-hmm. um, two days in a row um, and I was just very lucky that I'd had that delivery and, and that helped me get, um, get to the start line so then Fast
0: forward, I guess, a couple of years and you, you're you pregnant again with with your third child. And this is where the film, You so you released this film last year with Emma, who you've mentioned, Emma Brockwell, the physio who's also been on the podcast. Tell me where that whole concept came from. How did you come to be making a film?
1: That's a good question. So I, I think for me, the, the photo is amazing because it showed what women can do and it showed kind of, that you can get back to fitness, and and it meant so much. But for me, an image isn't enough. What we need to do is tell women how they can do it. And I was having a chat with an amazing um, local photographer, Phil Hill. Um, He takes some beautiful pictures of me running pregnant. And he said, we really need to film this and make a story out of it. And we could do that. And I thought, that's quite crazy because, oh, I'm really vulnerable at this point. But I thought, wow, if this could just help one woman mm-hmm. see my journey in all its honesty and kind of see the end of my pregnancy and see whatever. Ha- and I didn't know what would happen. That's the thing. Every pregnancy is different. Every recovery is different. So I didn't know I was going to have a prolapse. But we just thought we'll record it on camera. And, and the, the running shoe brand, Hoka, kindly sponsored it. And we made this documentary about my running and I got to find out I had a prolapse on camera, which I is know. a bit of a shock really. I
0: mean, I think that is one of the things that, that was that is so powerful about that film because you didn't know and you kind of you go through the emotions a little bit in the same way that anyone else would have done. In fact there's a I think there's a moment in the film where you're having your check with a physiotherapist six weeks after birth and Emma tells you that you have a prolapse and you can hear in a in the film a gasp from you a kind of inhale of oh, do you uh, do you remember what was going through your mind at that point
1: yeah I did because I mean I I'd heard the word prolapse before but I feel only in like context with old women um I didn't think that was something that could happen or was common or maybe you'd had five massive babies and she'd mentioned it in our chat before but I'd be like yeah no I mean I'm fine like and I hadn't I wasn't having any kind of symptoms my pelvic floor felt it was recovering it was a massive shock and then your mind goes straight to well can I run again yeah. um what does this mean and I think I've been incredibly lucky um so I met Emma um just after I had um the UTMB photo went viral I was she's speaking at a, a sports um, an exercise medicine conference, just sharing my story because there's so little research out. We have to kind of go on stories that of women who've who've got back to fitness. And she was speaking too, and I had a checkup with her, and she actually supported me my whole pregnancy. So I thought that I got away with it. That's a wrong thing to say, but I thought that I'd done so much strength work, I'd be absolutely fine the other side, and that wasn't the case. And and I ended up with a a prolapse and it was just okay Emma how are you gonna get me back to running
0: how are your symptoms compared to I mean what what are your have your pelvic floor symptoms been and how are they now
1: so they were pretty bad at first uh, but no they, I got back because because of the prolapse also I had a hamstring injury I tore my hamstring while pregnant which is not a great thing to do um I returned really slowly and I got back to a really good place I was fitted for pessary and once I had the pessary I got the all clear to run and um, it's a cube and I've nicknamed it Poppy because I just find <laughs> the word pessary really weird um, so Poppy is my best friend and I was able to kind of get back to real strength but then I got back to London Marathon and I was slightly cocky in that I'm like well I'm back to where I want to be and I can run the London Marathon League free. I literally just stopped doing my pelvic floor exercises. Stopped. Okay. I was like, I'm fine now. Like, I'm not leaking. I'm fine. Um, and then I went to see Emma um, a couple months later. She was like, where's your pelvic floor gone? Because they test the strength. Oh, and no. in my head, I'd worked so hard to get to a place where I wanted to be, where I could run 26 miles on concrete at a speed I was pretty happy with. Yeah, I, I just stopped doing them. And in the same way that if you go if you go to a gym normally and you stop doing pull ups, you can't do pull ups anymore. Because yeah. your your muscles are gone. You haven't exercised. Yeah, pelvic floor's the same apparently. Um, <laughs> so she 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 gave me a big warning and, and said it gone down to point that if I kept not doing them, they wouldn't be strong enough to hold the pessary. Wow. And my yeah. mind's like, No pessary, no run. Right, okay, i better do them again. So, um, I've got reminders around the house and I've got to got back on it. But it was a big wake up call that with postpartum for life. Um, it's why I surround my Instagram feed with, with um, probably health physios because then every day <laughs> I'll see something. It's like, make sure you do them. It's like, right. Um, they're boring. Um, I'm trying to like do the, the, the habits where you tack the habit onto something else you already do. So yeah. mine is like, if I make a cup of tea, I do my squeezes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's hard. It is.
0: It is hard. I, I quite like the squeezy app. And I and I just, I go through, I'll have like three months where I'm on it all the time, like three times a day, most days. And then just like, I just cut it just stops. And I don't do any for like a couple of months. Uh, I am in a down period at the moment. Uh, oh. I will try and get back, back
1: on it. But you also have to do them properly. So yeah. I, I realised I wasn't even doing mine properly. Mm. Um, and I thought I was. But I wasn't and I wasn't getting the right kind of front and back engagement and so I think kind of if someone's actually kind of doesn't have symptoms but wants to know how to do them properly so that they don't get symptoms going to see a pelvic health physio and just having them check are you doing it properly because now I know and now I know all the cues and I could kind of have to go pigeon-toed and lean slightly forward and and think certain things and so then it's really good if I just do them standing up um it's not worth doing really just as any gym exercise if you don't do it properly you're not going to see the benefits so that was a bit of a shocker I just thought you just squeezed kind of like you didn't want like when you're a toilet and you want to stop peeing and no apparently no it's a bit more complicated than that
0: I know and that's the thing and again like I guess you and I have been lucky in that we've been able to go and get the help But it isn't available to everyone and I know you've written about this on your blog especially about um, postpartum care and the six-week check and really calling for every woman regardless of whether they want to run a marathon or just run after their kids to be able to access the
1: care to get them back to
0: where they want to be. It's so important,
1: isn't it? I think things are changing. I think kind of pelvic health is becoming more and more prominent since so many more women are talking about it and... I think the government said that, you know, every woman, they're going to train more physios. Um, every woman's going to have access. But everyone needs to know that through your GP, you can ask for that referral. And I have to say, kind of, a lot of times, and I, I guess I work with women in sport as, as a trustee, and we hear a lot of things where women's health concerns are not taken as seriously as men. And for us, it's a case of, yes, I can walk to the shops. But that's not where I want to be. And our mental health and our physical health are entwined. And there's so much research that shows that the mum's activity level is linked to their children's. So if we want to have active children, we need to be active ourselves. And we need that help to be active. And what we need to do is make sure women demand the care, uh, demand that referral and say, why? My my six-week GP check, I mentioned the issues I thought I was having and I was kind of leaking and. You know, what's what's going on and they obviously had a tick sheet and the only question that they wanted me to answer was what form of um, contraception I was using and I said but no but there's all this other and no check no nothing it was I think what I went through knowing what I know and being able to advocate for myself what is a first time mum going through and so that's why it's sharing kind of what they should be looking for and making sure they know that they can get these checks, that they shouldn't suffer in silence. And being back to a functioning is not where you need to get back to. You need to get back to where you want to get back to.
0: 100%. And, I, and for me as well, part of that is what you're doing and what hopefully the podcast is doing is, is, is ending some of the stigma around that so that you can just have those conversations and you can demand that care without feeling, weird about it or embarrassed or like um or like you don't deserve it so
1: since going kind to of, UTMB, obviously i shared my story after that and talked about pelvic floors and since then so many of my friends come and talk to me about pelvic floor it's fun. i guess i'm fairly well known in the ultra running world now because on races i'm always getting people come up to me and have a chat about their pelvic floor which is hilarious I mean, we're <laughs> ultra runners we're, we're we're big sharers um mainly because we're always like diving into bushes and 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 having um stomach trouble but um (laughs) the but the amount of people that reach out and about my friends that after the documentary went out then had checks and came to me goes I've got a prolapse and I didn't know and then they know that I'm a very safe space to have that conversation with and um I'm more than I mean it's a massive privilege Mm -hmm. to be the person that they feel comfortable messaging but I I mean the idea that I just talk about prolapse, I mean, you must have the same thing. Did you ever expect that, like, in a half your life no. you'd be talking about pelvic floors and prolapses? No, I was, I'm a really last person. Yeah, no,
0: I like, I've, 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 when I first started, I could barely say, like, the same vulva or vagina that literally maybe got red. I can't, it's the last thing. I mean, I, I,
1: I, I give out to my mother, I was like, how did you not tell me about pelvic floors? Like, shouldn't this be part of my education and prolapse growing up? like shouldn't this be in like gcc biology or kind of rp lessons or something and i guess i, I feel kind of like my daughter will know exactly what a perfect floor is 100 percent. Um, yeah and like if we can be the generation that changes it for our daughters then um kind of we, we should really try and do that
0: we really should and we're doing it and uh, we mentioned investment in public health services well I had a really interesting and positive conversation this week about that announcement that the NHS made a while back this is for England only Uh, and they said they were setting up 14 public health clinics around the country where you'd get specialist doctors, midwives and physios under one roof and where you could self-refer if you were pregnant or if you're a new mum and I thought that sounded brilliant and it is but actually it's better than that I was speaking to someone who's leading one of these projects and it turns out it's not just the clinics, which already actually exist in, in some areas, but also money to increase the number of physios, uh, to pay for specialist training for other health workers, for better resources, for lots of things. Um, and just giving pelvic health a much higher priority. So by 2024, all of that should be available right across the country. But yeah, I think that sounds brilliant. I'd love, to, I'd love to know what you think. So get in touch on social at WhyMumsDon'tJump or via the website, WhyMumsDon'tJump.com. Sophie Power, very lovely, is at ultra underscore Sophie on Instagram. And I'll put some links to some of the things we talked about in the show notes. As ever, none of this is intended as medical advice. If you, if you have an iPhone, please follow the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. Apparently, it really helps other people to find it. You can support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why don't jump. Next week, the legend that is Elaine Miller.